You're listening to Clock Radio Speakers with Armand and Doc. This week's episode is split into two sides. This is Side A. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Clock Radio Speakers. I'm your co-host, Armand Wake Up. You can follow me on all social media at Armand Wake Up, A-R-M-O-N-D, Wake Up, all one word. More important than that, please, please, please follow the official Clock Radio Speakers Twitter, which is at CRS Podcast. We're also on Instagram uh, under the, yeah, we're under the same name there. I don't know why I thought we were at Clock Radio Speakers on Instagram. We're not. Uh, ClockRadioSpeakers.com is no longer powered by Tumblr, but you can get all previous 300 some odd episodes there, as well as Spotify, as well as uh, iTunes, Stitcher, everywhere you get podcasts except for You Know Where, You Know Why, our iHeartRadio as well. And uh, Doc is in the building. Holla at your boy. Episode scream, episode, scream at me. Episode 360. Oh, wow. We're, we're, uh, we're breathing on 400's neck. Getting there. Getting there. Hear my, um, hear my footsteps. I'm coming. <laughs> You you want to give me some whisper J bars while you're in that Absolutely. voice? Absolutely, had, had to take it down. Had to darken the floor. I knew you were going to say darken. <laughs> That's the go-to whisper J line. Because I had to darken the flow. <laughs> you have to darken the flow. What does that even mean? I don't know. Because because they, they was taking them lightly. Doc, doc, so you have to darken the flow. <sighs> Y'all can follow me on Twitter if you want, or Instagram at uh, at doc underscore beats s not a z. Um, I got beef with Instagram right now, but it's all good. Um, they're mm. ch- trying to trying to stop me from shining, man. Mm. Nah, they, you know. Can't stop the shining. <laughs> uh, but no, um, things are good. Uh, you know, here we are like week. I don't know what's five, six of coin. I've lost track. I don't know what's going on anymore. I don't know what day it is. I don't know what I think we're week. I think we're week six. It's week six. I think it's week six. <laughs> and they've canceled school. So my daughter oh. called me immediately and was like, get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, what do we need to do to get me on a plane? And Ooh. what's funny is, is so I go on the internet, I go on the Al Gore's internet and I start looking up ticket prices. They not slick. Them prices starting to creep back up. <laughs> They're trying to see how desperate are people? Absolutely. Yeah. When everybody was like nervous and scared, they were like, ah, all right, ticket prices are a hundred bucks one way. They, they saw that 1200 was hitting accounts. They were like, ah, about that 100. How about 175? Right. Crazy, 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 crazy. So, yeah, man, you have have you lost your mind yet? Getting there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I need the weather to be a little nicer. That's gonna help. Cause it, it was it's it's been up and down here. It's been de- it was it was like 60 yesterday, but yeah. today it was like 48, 49. Yeah, today it started okay and then it rained. And then we got some thunderstorms and hail, and now it's in the 30s outside. Jesus. And it's been gray and gloomy. Like, because it's the gray and gloomy thing, you know? Because, like, when you're working from home, right, you're like, you quickly are like, oh, where can I sit where I get some, like, natural light? Right. Right? And then if it's on a day where it's just kind of dark and you're like, oh, man, how many more Zoom calls can I sit on? And, Yo, <laughs> and I, I'm used to working remotely, but it's very different. When you work remotely and you're in your house all day long, like you don't yeah. go anywhere unless like, you know, uh, Marissa and I will go like if it's a nice, nice weather, we'll go on like we'll try to do like a walk after work or like I'm trying to go for runs a couple times during the week. Like that gets you out a little bit, but it's not the same as like getting out. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a reason why before this I had an office downtown where 
I, that's why I worked from because like, yeah, I work remotely, but like, I don't want to be in my house all day. <laughs> right. You go, you go a little crazy. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, plus it's good just to be, you know, like I, sometimes I just need to go like grab it, like a cup of tea and like go sit somewhere and like, you know, walk around or do whatever. And there's like, no, nah, no, nah, you're in, inside all day. That's it. Yep. But um, when the weather gets a little nicer, that'll, that'll help, you know, sunshine and you can open windows, get some fresh air. And like, that'll all be, that'll all be somewhat up. I'm trying to look on the bright side. You know, yeah, I'm curious to know what this summer is going to look like. I'm curious to know what some of this some of these uh, openings are going to look like. Um, I think Ohio, Ohio is going to open up in phases um, and I think Ohio is going to be really, really uh, a precautionary tale. Doc, I think you could probably speak to more reasons behind that. I've heard some things about uh, Governor DeWine and, you know, why Ohio has kind of got a spotlight on it. Um <laughs> But, you know, some places like Georgia that's like, oh, yeah, Friday, open bars, clubs, spas. They're opening gyms. Gyms. Have, yeah, they, have these people ever been to a gym? It's like, how do you practice social distancing? In a, is it a thing where you only allow 10 people in at a time and everybody else is waiting outside for a workout? So you get to the gym at six o'clock and there's... 15 people ahead of you, 10 people in there. You got to wait on 25 people to finish their workout before you go. Like, what? Like, how are they going to do this? Right. Also, just like, are they really going to wipe down and sanitize every surface? You imagine going to a gym. Maybe you had to wait outside a little while, social distancing, everything. You get inside, you're working out, doing your thing, and you hear somebody cough. Yeah. You're running, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, here, the thing that really stinks about all this is like, because we're going to do it so piecemeal. Like, I understand part of that, which is, like, different parts of the country have different, like, they're just hit differently. Like, Connecticut is hit hard, mm-hmm. right? Like, we, we, we hit, we got hit, like, a, by, by, by the, we got hit, like, a ton of bricks by this. And, mm-hmm. but, like, other parts, what they're doing is by states basically saying, yeah, we're going to slowly open up. Or, like, let's say you, let's say you own a gym in Georgia. And they say gyms can open back up. But, like, maybe you're thinking to yourselves, you know what? This is Atlanta. A lot of people, more more COVID-19 here than anywhere else. Maybe I'll, I want to wait two weeks, which would, sure, you're being cautious, right? But the problem is what a lot of these businesses have been able to do is because everything's been shut down, they've been able to go to their landlords because most businesses are paying rent. They don't own that building. So yeah. they've been able to go to their landlords and say, I can't be open, right? And there's been forgiveness and there's been like state programs to do all that and everything else. Once the state says you're open, you need, you can't go... What you, you can't go to your bank and say, sorry, I can't, I can't make rent. The rent's, you know, I can't pay my rent. Bank's going to be like, you could be open. Like yeah. it's creating, it's just creating these like bad incentives. Like it's just unfortunate, you know, like yeah. um, everything in this country, of course, like nothing, nothing in the national discourse can go on too long without becoming politicized and tribalized. And this was no different. And so here we are. Of course. Right. Where you've got like a couple hundred people, you know, in most in a, in a bunch of state capitals went and were like basically I have the right to get sick is what they were saying. <laughs> cool, cool. Like we've talked about this before in the show, right? A lot of people think America means I have the right to do whatever I want. And you can't tell me otherwise, right? And it's like, eh, okay, <laughs> not really. Um, y- yeah. So it's not it's not gonna be pretty, man. Know. It's not gonna be pretty. I don't know, a bunch of a bunch of angry entitled white people with assault rifles on on Congress steps is just 
Tribalization. Man, they're they're gonna. I was talking to Marissa about this uh, last night. They're they're gonna try to gaslight us all so bad. Like the 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 red like they're gonna be like so like later this year. Like let's say we get to a place where like okay, America's mostly back open. There's been some flare ups, but like we're kind of getting it together, and the economy maybe isn't great yet. But it's you know it's not as bad as it was in in, in April. They'll say right. And and like the story is going to be like, oh, yeah, you know, Trump came through and blah, blah, blah. And, oh, you know, it wasn't really that bad. And we did all the right stuff. Like, they're going to lie about all this, all of it, you know, and like because people lie about history all the time. Of you course. know, like I, I went on one of my patented uh, underscore beats political rants last night, basically. Um, but I was, talk- <laughs> I was talking to us about like, <laughs> like, you know, Reagan was like he did like a lot of illegal stuff. But like he's not remembered that way, and they named a they named an airport after him, right? You know, like he he sold weapons to Iran so he could pay for an illegal war that Congress didn't allow in Central America, and we didn't impeach him for it because his goons took the fall, and we were all kind of like, well, he's old and he's almost done anyway, and we don't talk about that, we don't really remember that. And that's it's it'll happen now, you know, like people are like Trump is what he is. And so that has caused some people to be like, man, remember, remember George W. And I'm just like, oh, I remember him. <laughs> Do you, <laughs> did you for, did you forget? <laughs> he's now the guy that give that gave uh, Michelle Obama candy. Right. He's cuddly. He's cuddly. George W. Yeah. He paints. And it's like, yeah, I remember George W. Bush. He lied to get us to Iraq. That guy, that George W. It's got pretty good reflexes too. <laughs> right. So it'll happen too with Trump. You think so? I don't I don't know, man. I, I've never seen a political figure so hated by pretty much everybody. There's 40% of this country who thinks he is like an amazing president. Sure. Sure. <laughs> and for that sure. 40%, they're gonna they're they're gonna they're gonna teach what they want to teach. I mean, man, think about like how history books have treated uh reconstruction after the civil war and like what happened like we we were like nobody (laughs) they didn't exactly teach us in high school the truth about what happened (laughs) right it was all sort of like well we won the civil war and then you know the south was in bad shape so and then they kind of waved their hands a little bit and it's like ta-da jim crow and it's like wait a minute yeah didn't the south lose because they were traitors like wasn't that a thing but instead you know America rewrote its history <laughs> and they yeah. named highways and they named, you know, named national, they named state parks and they named schools after Confederate generals who were traitors against the United States. We don't think about it that way. We weren't taught that way, you know? <laughs> so like they did it for, they did it for civil war, right? They tried to rewrite slavery, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, gone with the wind is propaganda. Like, you know, you can't imagine I've I've never seen that movie before in my life. I mean, you, you know, it's like, oh, you know, the the gentle life of a plantation is like, all right, listen. Uh-oh. Right, right. So, I don't know. I mean, yeah, a lot of people, I mean, just like with Nixon, right? Where like a lot of people, we all know Nixon is, oh yeah, Nixon, Watergate. That's what you think of, right? But like, I don't know, man. There's going to be a chunk of this country that's going to be like, yeah, man, Trump, he was really doing it. And we're going to be like, excuse me? Mm. It, it it's it's um 
you know, to to bring it back musically, it's it's also like when you see these these documentaries being told and they're like omitting lots and lots and lots. It's it's the Puff Daddy thing. Oh. Where Puff now is like the ambassador of love. <laughs> well, we could like, t- we could talk about the last dance, my friend. Like, wait a wait a minute. The ambassador of love. Like, do you want I mean, I don't know if anybody's I don't know if there's any okay. All right, let me, what, what you got to say about The Last Dance? Let's just get into it. I shouldn't be surprised, but I'm, I am still somehow kind of surprised at how uncritical people are being. Of Jordan? So like, of the whole thing, which is to say like, this is a documentary, but it's done with Jordan's full permission and approval. Mm-hmm. This is not a neutral, like third party look at the 97, 98 Bulls. Mm-hmm. This documentary exists to lionize the 97, 98 Bulls and to completely run Jerry Crossover with a truck. Yeah. And mission accomplished. Who's not alive to defend himself. Not alive to defend himself. Yeah. And like what's like the amazing stuff about all that is like you've got the owner sitting there not getting run over. The owner who employed Jerry Krause. Right. And could have fired him at any point. The guy, well, more important, and he, I mean, he says that the first five minutes, he's like, hey, I wasn't asking for, you know, someone to be, you know, a public relations guy. I was asking for somebody to basically do what I asked right. to build the team that I need. But I'm, I'm surprised that Reinsdorf isn't being taken to task for what he said about Scotty's contract. So everybody's oh. in, a, in, a, in a ruse about Scotty's contract. It wasn't yeah. fair. He was underpaid. Okay, cool. Reinsdorf in the documentary says... And I'm not going to say verbatim, but it's basically like you shouldn't take the deal. But if you do, right, don't come back and ask to renegotiate. This is a bad deal. Don't take I'm offering you this deal. It's a bad deal. Don't take it. But if you do, do not come back and renegotiate. Right. By the way, don't. T- here's a deal. Um, oh, and by the way, Scotty Pippen, somebody who grew up incredibly poor. And you know that's eighteen million dollars to a kid from Arkansas who has a dad and a brother in a wheelchair and a lot of siblings to take care of. Oh, eighteen million dollars sounds like a hundred million dollars. Right. Um, so of course he takes that deal. Of course he does. Of course he takes it. Um, <laughs> and then Jordan getting mad at him for like, what did you think about Jordan getting mad at him for not getting surgery done? Uh, it was just like, I don't know. I love Jordan, but I also don't have this mythical godlike okay. uh, viewpoint of him. So I'm not surprised that the super duper competitive who was also known to berate his teammates um, is mad that Scotty does or someone else does not share the same view- viewpoint as him. Yeah. Jordan reminds me, re- reminds me of like the um, like fans who get mad at like players on their football on like their favorite NFL team for trying to like negotiate or for signing a big contract. Cause they're like, Oh, you ruined our salary cap. And it's like, excuse me. Uh, how you like, feel? About, how you feel about your man leaving? Tom, uh, big bang, Tom Brady reuniting with nah, Gronk. Uh, no, 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 not him. Uh, Gronk. Um, Gronk in Florida should come with some sort of advisory sticker. Well, I, <laughs> I'm surprised. No, so does this have to do with him signing with WWE? I, I thought, it was like, if he's going to come back to football, he's going to double dip. Like, of course he's going to like, hey, and my guys in Tampa Bay, trade me. I mean, he uh, he almost got traded to Detroit like a, a year or two ago. And he was like, no, nah, I'll retire. Um, I mean, shout out to Detroit. 
because he was like, I'm, ne- I, I'm never playing with a quarterback who's not Tom Brady. Um, well. And so, right, he ended up retiring, but just basically retiring because, like, his body needed a rest. And took so, a break. Took a vacation. Right. And so, Gotta like. <laughs> right. So, I'm sure um, Tampa Bay's plans, because Tampa, Tampa Bay has got, like, they've got a tight end who's not terrible, I think. Right? I don't know. OJ Howard? I think they do. Right. They've got receivers already. Like, they should just. They they should put Gronk in the in the garage for now. Let him let him stay. He's the sports car who breaks down a lot. Let him just stay ready. Bring him back like Thanksgiving. <laughs> mm. You know, you save him for when you need him. Don't have yeah. him trying to go all Gronk on on folks in October and like hurt his hurt his knee or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, just wait wait on him. But uh, I'm not surprised. Um, Gronk Gronk and, and Brady in Florida. Is, is is peak that's just peak football right there that, that it's just it makes too much sense brady getting in getting in trouble for trying to uh trying to work out in a in a tampa like public park is completely bizarre to me though did you hear about that nah <laughs> he was like because they they've closed them down because you know social distancing right. like you, you can't you can't be there but you know tom brady is a uh, he's never one to uh let the you know he probably thinks the rules don't apply to him you know he's rich. I'm sure he got away with whatever he wanted in Massachusetts. And uh, but no, like the the weirdest part about that has been okay, fine. He thought he could do whatever he wants, but like you're telling me he doesn't have like a place to work out of his own. You imagine like you're rolling, like you're just walking down Tampa and like oh you know hot day. Let me go. Here's a, here's a tree. Like here's some here's a nice shady like spot under a bench in a park. And it's just Tom Brady doing workouts. Yeah, <laughs> it's super random. Let's do it. But uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, oh, so the last dance. Um, so Jordan, those past the last two years with Chicago, he was negotiating year to year, and he was negotiating these crazy big contracts mm-hmm. because the salary cap, the way it worked, then basically, I think like it didn't count again. Like it was what was called the Larry the Bird Rule still exists, but I think at that point the Bird Rule w- was defined as such. Where like I don't think it like counted against their salary cap. It was some crazy thing about that where like they could basically pay him whatever they wanted. Um. And it's like, all Jordan had to do before either one of those is say, before I sign this, I need you to take care of Pippen. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. And because Jordan took care of himself. And then he <laughs> he basically was like, and then he was judging Pippen for what? Signing a bad deal six years prior? <laughs> yeah. It was pretty, you know, but that's, I mean, I'm not surprised. You know, I'm not super surprised, but like, man, like what's interesting is, I mean, as, like, because we are now at the we're now at the stage. I mean, they, they they've made documentaries about stuff from when we were kids before, but like, we're now old enough where like I'm I'm afraid that like this documentary becomes the way that the ne- this generation remembers the Bulls. Oh, it 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 will be right because like, how are you going to do a whole thing about Pippen? And maybe they'll cover it later without covering the fact that he kept the Bulls not above, not even just above water, but like at the same record. I think it might even improved it by. Yeah, they way. won the exact. They won the exact number of games than the season that Jordan left, which is crazy. And they were a play away from making the NBA Finals again. And w- the pro right, and basically they what they did is they swapped out Jordan and swapped in Tony Kukoc. And so, and as as a as a youth who grew up loving everything about the Chicago Bulls, and I would have told you Tony Kukoc was a top thirty player. <laughs> 
right? Because the Bulls at that time had like had the same kind of like impact on like on how fans valued their players the way that like I feel like the Lakers have now. Where we're like, you talk to a Lakers fan about like Kyle Kuzma, and and you're like, oh, what's the, what's, what's the white? What's the guy's name? Oh, uh, Caruso. Yes. <laughs> Right. You might think, oh, man, Caruso, if you've never seen him play, but you listen to a Lakers fan talk about Caruso, you're going to be like, oh, he must be like the secret weapon. But I feel like a lot of teams do that because Cleveland did that with J.J. Hickson and Matthew Dellavedova. Delhi. <laughs> I mean, l- listen, LeBron got Delhi. I guess the diff- that's the difference between Jordan and LeBron. Like LeBron got Delhi paid by uh, Milwaukee. He left him with the Milwaukee. And I think he got like 60 million dollars. I mean, to Delhi's credit, he knew exactly what his job was to do. Suck. His job <laughs> was to be annoying and aggressive. His job was to be the worst version of the person you well. And his job was to be an NBA version of the worst person to play against in pickup basketball. He might as well have been from Duke and slapping the floor as you come down. That was his job. But it's funny because my most hated college basketball player of all time isn't even from Duke. Who's your most hated? Tyler Hansbro. <laughs> He's pretty I, goofy. I want to. <laughs> I'll tell you who my I want to jam a pencil in his ear. I got a long list. Uh, Gary McNamara from Syracuse. He's absolutely. <laughs> he's on the list. Hated McNamara. Yes, but of course, yeah, that's that's your that's your vein. Hated him. I hated. I mean, of course, I hated you know Leitner and Bobby right. Sura and all those guys. Of course. Um, oh, who else did I hate? I hated JJ Redick. I still hate JJ Redick. I hated Kevin Love. I'm noticing a trend about who you hate. Uh, but it's funny. Okay, tell me the trend, and then I'm going to buck back, because I, like I feel like I know where you're going. Well, it's a lot of white guys. Over, well, I will say, it's, hyped up it, white guys that the media loves. It's, well, it's weird, because in the NBA, a lot of my favorite here, all, all my best friends are white. Um, <laughs> a lot of NBA players that I love are, yeah. like, the same players as them, so... John Paxson, Scott Skiles, Detlef Shrimp, Rick Smits. I hated uh, Scott Skiles. Oh my god! I loved Scott Skiles. Oh, I loved him. Uh, 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 Bryant Reeves, Big Country. Bryant Reeves. I, I loved. He, he was a to, stiff. He, he used to give Shaq the business. Nobody. <laughs> Shaq was the old, Shaq's lack of training gave Shaq the business. Ah, but this is early Shaq though. This isn't like I'm lazy Shaq. Like this is this is I'm young. Uh, Foo Schnickens, uh, talent and ability shack. How, how much is it that you just like that you just like the big country Reeves uh, jersey? Um, that helped. <laughs> it helped. The Grizzly jerseys helped yeah. for sure. But I just like because what what college did he play for? Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. I mean, he must have come from some some like middle of the country college, right? Hold up. Yeah, I want to say he went. I want I want to say he went to uh, Oklahoma State. I'm, I'm sure I'm wrong. Oklahoma now State. You're right. Yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, wow. Dang, my memory, dog. It's crazy for for the wrong things. Man, he's 46 now? Bruh. Man. Crazy. Um, so With the- all that said, we, was there anything positive that you enjoyed about The Last <laughs> Dance? <laughs> um, anything positive? I, oh, come on, man. No, I, you know what? The, like, um... I wanted somebody to take a more critical eye. Once I realized that this is going to be 
like, I mean, people want it to be a celebration of the Bulls, which I appreciate. I grew up loving the Bulls and this team. You don't have to tell me how, how great this team is, right? But there's a lot of drama. There's a lot of stuff. And like, it was just, I guess for me, like the biggest thing was like, it was just so obvious, so early. Like you could just see the outlines of the story they're going to tell. It's like, I, I could just see the agenda and I don't, I don't like that. You know, I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna wait and see only because mm. Jordan himself said, "Hey, I'm worried about how people are gonna view me after this airs." You know, so it's one part like you know they're just like laying groundwork. So I wanna I wanna I wanna I wanna wait a little bit mm. and start seeing like those 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 micro relationships that he was having. I I love watching him just blaze Jerry Cross just because it's funny. Um, I want to see like Phil and I want to yeah. see, you know, when Rodman comes in, when Kukoc comes in, I want to see if they're going to talk about the aftermath of the, of the dream team when they destroyed him in the, in that game. Like right. what was Kukoc's mindset coming in? You know, what was Pippen's mindset coming in when Jordan left? You right. know, that led them to that. There, there's a lot of questions that I, I think if, if Jordan says, I'm worried about how people are like Jordan top five, his ability to keep his reputation for this long, though the elephant in the room is that he's been a butthole, like for him to still keep that is a testament to, I don't know, his shoes um, and his, his PR team. But like, I'm, 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 I'm curious to know how they're going to do that. And again, it, I think it's our job. If ESPN is going to do this, I'm not going to trust ESPN. Like they're not going to tell us the whole story and that's fine. Like a lot of media outlets don't tell Right. The right story. So, yeah, we've got books and we've got other articles and we've got other things that can, you know, come into play. And for now, we can put all the pieces together and, and know what it is. So I'm, I'm not expecting that, but I'm also a completely biased stan mm. who absolutely loves the 90s Bulls and thinks that they're the greatest thing in the world. So I, uh, it, it also is what it is. I want to see if they talk about his gambling. <laughs> that was the fakest laugh in the world when he talked about the uh the coke oh man he's hey, like ha 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 imagine ha. imagine you, you play imagine you're sitting at home you played for that team <laughs> all of a sudden you're like oh no oh god yeah, yeah your wife is looking at you like <laughs> <laughs> cocaine circus huh yeah i mean okay I thought now I'm starting to see a bunch of uh, videos and pictures about the NBA and, oh, you know, back then it was, you know, it wasn't so buddy, buddy. And, you know, it was nah, a real sport back then. First of all, nobody played uh, defense fun. in the 80s. Let's just be honest. Was it was that nobody played defense on half those teams? Right. I'm, uh, but I'm, I'm talking about number one. Jordan went golfing with uh, oh. with your man. What was his name? My man. <laughs> Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge. I'm not even a Celtics fan. Okay, that's fine. You you're close to Boston. Um so that that's one. But the 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 funny thing is like I just feel like we can talk about like what the refs call and all that stuff nowadays, but it's like if we're looking at salaries and we're looking at the position that the NBA was in during that time when it was a lot quote unquote tougher, like when you say that a lot of the players nowadays have more to lose, so they're not just gonna like get up and fight every time somebody makes them mad. You know, if I'm getting paid, 50, I mean, if I'm getting paid 50, 60 million dollars and I'm playing an aggressive sport and if you're playing basketball, you understand it like aggressive play comes with it. Um, and I've got 
you know, people to take care of and I've got a lifestyle that I live and I've got other companies that are paying me money to represent them. Like, I don't really care about your like your identity of manhood and you feel like I should swing on somebody because they fouled me hard. I mean, every time. I mean, the uh, the 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 definition of manhood and how that's tied up with sports. I mean, that's a huge generational difference, too. Right. Yeah. 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 I think that plays. That's kind of one of the reasons. I mean, in a lot of those cases, I always say like the way people treat football, like football is like a it's a it's a it's an organized religion with different deities. And <laughs> like it's it's its own thing. Like just the way people the way people love football is just like, yo, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. But, but with that said, I absolutely love this. I need, I'm on eBay looking up like all the old starter and Salem gear I can find. <laughs> um, all of the Jordans have gone up in resale value immediately. Mm. Um, watched it in real time. Like Chicago ones jumped up to like over a thousand dollars. No, thank you. Um, so oh, this just reminds me of, so, um, I think the first like NBA jersey I got was a black uh, Jordan jersey when they first came out with the black jerseys. Just the regular black, not the black with the pinstripe? Just the regular black. I didn't like the black with the pinstripe. Just the regular oh, black. Oh, those are the best ones. Nah, I like the regular black ones. Um, I'm, I would love to find, I can't find them, like the black shorts with the pinstripes. Need those. And I, uh, <laughs> I, I wore it to school. You know, you got you to show it off. Of course. Wore it to school. And I, w- I got dropped off by the bus and I was like walking to my house and to get there, like we live in military base housing. And so it's all like multifamily units and like they- it was arranged in like a U. So it's like multifamily unit or like the- so three multifamily units form the U and in the center is this big area of grass. And so it's where we like played football and did whatever. Right. And um, I'm coming, you know, I'm coming through my first day wearing the Jersey mm. and I'm like almost at the house and like my, one of my friends was playing and, you know, he was like, go long. So, you know, I go run and go to catch and Whoa. I dive and I get on the concrete and scrape my brand new Jersey. Mm. Yeah, it was never the same. I didn't rip it, but it was all like scuffed and gnarled. I was like, oh man. Nothing was the same. And back then, like nowadays, if you get those and they've got a little bit of like wear and tear or, okay, first of all, was it a champion Jersey? Yes, I think so. And it was it was iron on, right? Um, or was it stitched? It was pretty nice. I mean, it wasn't it was like it's probably iron because that. I mean, that's what we wore back then. Like we I didn't do so. stitched jerseys until Michelin Ness. Yeah, I think that's right. So now you can wear one of those and like, oh, it's thrifty and like, but like, <laughs> if your jersey, if the if the letters faded right. or you Anything. snagged it or something like that, it was over. Anything over right absolutely right like when i <laughs> i had a uh i had a jump man shirt that was just oversized like jump man logo stitched in white shirt with um oh man i forget what uh what color the stitching on it was but i used to look because you know all my clothes were jump man or nike at that point right of I mean, course my and my mom accidentally like washed it like like bleached it or washed it with some like red towels or something comes out the stitching's in pink mm. <laughs> It's over. It's over. Can't wear it. I can't wear it. Oh, man. Nah, it, I mean, the great, like, I look back on that stuff and I was like, oh, my God. Like, like just so much stuff I used to wear. So much stuff I wanted to wear. Yeah. Right. Um, Nas, I mean, you know, 
I, I appreciate watching all the footage. I love all that. I just, um, and you know, I should have tempered my expectations. I just wanted like a more like, like I'm not expecting somebody to like grill Jordan and like make him so mad he's going to walk off the set. But like, a, a, you know, a nuanced question or two. I'm, I want to see we'll, where it goes. I want to see where it goes. We'll see. Because right now, hours. right now it's all basically like, they're just tossing him softballs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So I just want to see. I just want to see. Yeah, we got eight hours. It's cool. <laughs> um. What else we got? Uh, we got nothing. So the uh, baby put out a new album, but we got really nothing to say about that, right? It's it's the baby. The baby is he is who he is, and that's yeah. I, I he tried some different things. Um, sure. <laughs> yeah, nothing really stuck out to me. Um, I was like, oh, okay. He's in a tough spot because. It seems as though his like when you listen like when I listen to this new project, it's either either he sounds exact either he sounds like he always sounds, which people have become critical of, mm. or he sounds like a generic twenty twenty trap rapper mm. who's trying to mix in melody. Like, and so either like well either you sound unique, if maybe overdone, or you sound eh, you know what I mean? Like, that's a tough spot to be in. I don't think he's in a tough spot at all. Okay. Because I think he still has a, a level of popularity. Oh, for I'm sure. actually like, why do I, why am I getting another baby album? But well, that, I mean, you know, he's right. He is definitely bringing some of this on himself. It, some of it is, is interesting because we, we talk about artists um, doing this very thing. Like, yo, you know, so-and-so should put out a project every six months and then tour it. And now the baby's doing it. And we're like, why are we getting a new album from the baby? Like, you know, his audience has run the last project into the ground as, as quickly as things move. I mean, six years is the new year. Six months is the new year. So after like the initial shock of, oh, there's a baby album. It's like, oh, yeah, of course there's a baby album. Yes. His audience runs through stuff quickly. You know, the goal is to run up the streaming numbers, find a record or two that will catch on either through TikTok or some other social media platform, whatever. Put out a video, could put out a couple of videos on YouTube, rinse and repeat. And he's got that record with uh, what's her name? Uh, Camille Cabello or something like that. Is that what her name is? Camille Cabello. So, yeah. There you go. Yeah, some pop record that apparently is doing really well, but I have I've never heard it before in my life because I'm out of touch with the youths. Um, I mean, let me ask you this: like, we're going to talk about West Side later, um, or we can talk about it whenever. But how is that any different than what Griselda and West Side Gun are doing? Where they put out new projects all the time. Um, I think for Griselda, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. What do you mean? Like, what's different? Like, yeah, I mean, like, I'm not. I'm not faulting him for putting out an album in six months. Mm. So, you know, just like I'm not faulting. When did when did hit, uh, Hitler Wears Hermes came out in October, and here it is April, and and you know, Wes is back again, and Conway just put out something with Alchemist last month, and he's already teasing something else coming. Uh, Benny should be coming out pretty soon and Westside's already announced like this is last year rapping so he's going to put out I think he said like three more projects for the end of the year I'm not surprised I think the expectations are different between those two right I think um, absolutely right the baby has you know got he has gotten to a level of slight crossover that nobody at Griselda has touched you said you said Wes has no I said the baby has oh the baby oh I'm sorry yes so like it's like expectations are just different Absolutely. 
Whereas like Westside can just, you know, <laughs> rap over crazy samples as many times as he wants and his fans love it. Love it. Love it. And he's kind of like now he's he's getting into he reminds me of The Rock when The Rock started referring to himself in first person. <laughs> he started wearing the the five hundred dollar suits and the glasses and or the shades, I should say. Yeah. Like he's 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 turning he's turning a corner. And I can tell by the turn I can tell by the turn based off of who was associated with this project mm. and the people that are talking about it. But we might as well just talk about it now. Um yeah, really? We're, we're, going, we're going. Oh, yeah, because I guess we'll end with uh, we'll talk Teddy Riley Babyface in the, in the bracket. Um, yeah, I have track by track notes, actually. If OK, I, I mean, I don't know if you want to go there. Um, so um, I feel like there's like a bit more buzz for this online than there normally is for a Griselda yes. project. Correct. So why is that? A uh, few things. I think Griselda West in particular. Well, I think that I think they all benefit um benny is kind of like i've been trying to think of like who their wrestling equivalents are you know somebody uh said that they're like the the, like the four horsemen and i kind of i kind of disagree like kind of agree but kind of disagree but like benny is sort of like sort of where Pusha t was in 2018 maybe a smaller a smaller role or a smaller version of that where he's like a lot of the He's the he's the guy that you throw out to the girl. Oh, you don't know who Pusha T is? Let me play you this. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. oh, you don't know who you don't know who Benny the Butcher is? Oh, let me play you this record. Um, the West is like Stone Cold Steve Austin to me. Mm. And what I mean by that, and what I mean by that is when Stone when Steve Austin was stunning, when he was stunning Steve Austin in WCW, he was a great wrestler. So he put on great matches with Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat. Dustin Rhodes, like like really good matches, like he could work. Owen Hart breaks his neck in '97, and then he's forced to become a punchy, kicky, beer swigging, stunning everybody. So he's only got like five moves if you watch any Austin matches, but it's all character driven, and that's why we loved it. So you're not gonna, you know, just like Hulk Hogan, like a lot of those guys are, they're not great wrestlers, or they're not showing like their wrestling expertise. It's all character and drama and emotion. And I think that Wes did a really good job of building at building that up between the Virgil cosign, uh, you know, telling people that he got COVID and then just the, you know, linking up with the right people, standing next to Tyler, uh, doing something with Freddie Gibbs. Like he's getting a lot of the Internet darlings, too, in addition to the momentum, Jay-Z, like. In addition to the work that Griselda's doing, the other people who people say are cool are now saying, this guy's cool. Not just Griselda, but like West Side Gun in particular. That guy's cool. And I think that builds up to this. Okay. Um, what were your, did you have, I, I think I asked you this about Griselda Projects, uh, but I'll ask again. So because they released so much music, like how are your expectations for something like this? Like, were you looking forward to this? Yes, because Wes, Wes is like, one of my favorites right now. Yeah, he's he's your dude. That's my guy. So yes, but I know what I'm getting from a West Side Gun project. Mm. So that there's a difference. Like when you have an expectation, let's say like Tyler the Creator. Right. I have an expectation that it's going to be great, but I have no idea what he's going to give me. Right. Um, but Wes, I know exactly what he's going to give me, and that's all I want. So I want I want designer bars. I want lots of gun ad libs. 
I want him singing. I want rest. I want wrestling bars and wrestling skits. And I want incredible samples because out of the three of them, he far and away knows how to put a project together. I know for a fact, I listened to Wes on, he was interviewed by It's The Real. And It's The Real did a great job of like getting him to like not be super tough. I'm from Buffalo. Like he's a, he's an internet kid. Like he's from our era. Like he was on the forums and he was listening to underground hip hop in 2002, 2003. Like he has that ear and he understands that. Um, so because I feel like we're all cut from a similar cloth, I can like relate to him because I can tell where he's going and why he's doing certain things. I wouldn't be surprised. And I was talking to my girl about this the other day. Like, yo, we should, we should bring back um, uh, phone drops. <laughs> Like, like we should get a bunch of like, yo, what up, it's your man Doc? Chilling with my man Armand, wake up. You know, yo, Armand, time to drop the project. <laughs> yo, streets need that. And then hang up. <laughs> That's the era that he comes from. Right. So I'm, I know what I was going to get. I wasn't getting a masterpiece, but I know I was getting exactly what I wanted. Listen, as somebody who, who once put a, a mixtape together of my own stuff that was mostly blends that you helped me put together. Where I had an intro with with drops from people like Sky Zoo on it. Yes. <laughs> what a time to be alive. All right. Um, so the uh, first song, uh, 400 Million Plus Tax, it's an intro. There's no music here. You can skip this. Um, no Vacancy, produced by DJ Muggs. Shout out to Muggs. Shout out Soul Assassins. Right. Um, how do you feel about this song? This piano is beautiful. I think, piano is crazy. I think this is good. I think there's stuff on this album that is crazy. I think this is good. I think this totally works. This is 100% in, uh, in, in Griselda's wheelhouse, and especially in Westside's wheelhouse. I mean, if Muggs can do records like this, he, he could be doing stuff for Griselda all day if he wants. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was good. Okay. Um, George Bondo with Conway and Benny. This record is ridiculous. The beat is hard ridiculous um benny's benny's versus crazy conway's versus crazy like yes this is what i need from griselda yes yeah this is a uh, b butcher and uh and derringer probably um possibly left over from the uh wwcd project mm, yeah good this, point this would put that on that this would have been this would have been better than two-thirds of that project yeah absolutely absolutely um, uh but yeah no that beat is crazy um yep yeah give me this yeah. Give me this all day. Give I need this. Yeah, I need that like on the coldest day of the year. It's that kind of beat. Yeah. Well, I, Griselda sounds really good in the summer. I'll have to test that out. Yeah. Like how I say like certain, like certain like really aggressive East Coast, like the infamous sounds great in the summer. Mm. Sounds great. Hell on Earth sounds great in the summer. It sounds better in the winter, but it sounds great in the summer. Yeah. Sometimes that contrast works and Griselda kind of benefits from that contrast. We, uh, we got your man, Tyler. Uh, along with Joey Badass, popping up on 327, produced by Camouflage Monk. You know, I don't like this record. Uh, first of all, the beat, beat's okay. kind of boring. The beat's okay. It's a very chill sound. Yeah, but I guess I'm like Wes and Tyler on a record. This I had expectations for. Mm. I think it sounds much more in Tyler's wheelhouse than it does in... Like, I feel like this is the kind of thing where he's like, I can get Tyler in a verse. Well, I got to pick a Tyler kind of beat. And then Tyler's like, I'm doing a record with Wes. Let me rap like Wes. Right. I, I didn't need that. I wanted, I wanted Wes to, I wanted Tyler to smoke this and he did not. He did not. He's okay. 
Um, He's okay. I I'm, I have no opinion on uh, Joey Bad Butt. <laughs> no opinion on Joey. I'm cool. Yeah, I don't need this record. I'm I'm cool. You probably the idea was good. Yeah. You probably would have preferred Badass Billy Gunn over Joey Badass. <laughs> yeah, give just he was kind of trash. Yeah, um, I just want to say uh, I see I see you West Side Gun naming your song after a New Balance sneaker. Mm, we were so sweet. far ahead of our time. <laughs> We were. We were. For those of you who don't know, Doc and I were going to do a project called 574 like in 2012 or something like that. 2011. Yeah. Um, if you hear uh, at the beginning of uh, Walking Contradictions when Armand says 574, um, that's because that was what that was going to be for. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. It's not. A, that's not an area code. That's a sneaker. <laughs> yep. That would have been dope. All the songs would have been 992, 997, 1300. That was going to be crazy. Yeah. Whatever. So you could do that now. You get the modeling model ministry, New Balance Connect. <laughs> I need to do a model ministry project. That's actually a great idea. And the song should be named after, after like sneakers my favorite or, brands right. and sneakers and stuff. Yeah. Ooh. Let me write that down. <laughs> <laughs> Add that to the list. Jesus. It's fine. Hey, from this I talked to my boss today, like, look, I'm I'm gonna be home for the foreseeable future. Right. So um how do you feel about French Toast with your man, uh, Big Bang Wale? I love this record. I do not like this record at all. I'll say this. I really like the beat. The beat is dope. The beat is all right. Um, I, like how West, I like what Wes did. Wes sang, which he's doing a lot more of. The hook is terrible. His hook, but his girl records are typically bad. Like, they're typically bad. Um, like I rapped over love you for my girl because I love that beat. And he just like, I get that. That's why he comes from our era because it's like, take the craziest song in the world and make an interlude out of it. <laughs> you know, I don't even got rap on this. Like, <sighs> hate when people do that. But this was like the best girl record that Wes has done. And he's just saying, got out the way. Let while I do his rapidly rap about a girl record and got out the way. I liked it. Yeah. It was funny. Like you call it a girl record, but like I was reading an interview that he did about this and he was literally like yeah that's a trick record yeah <laughs> like he, he approaches this like it's still 2000 yes he's th- he's 37 yeah he's my age he, he was on all hip-hop i'm positive he was on the forums he was on undergroundhiphop.com i know he was <laughs> um I, yeah i'm i'm totally good with french toast i skipped I'm, I, I don't i don't need that record doesn't do it for me okay i like Eurostep though of course you do. It's a super interesting beat and it's a really good tempo for him. I love him. I love him on faster tempos. Yeah. Like either really fast or really slow. Mm. Cause uh uh what was it? Lakers versus uh Rockets with Sauce Walker. <sighs> Oof. It's a great record. But it's super slow. Um but yeah, yeah, yeah. I like him on faster records. I'm super, super curious. He says Gunlib, his project with Mad Lib is going to be their last, it's gonna be his last project. Mm. That's what he's riding off into the sunset with. I'm curious to see what Mad Lib does for him. I've been listening to a lot of, you know, what I've I found is really good music. Because, you know, sometimes you need, like, just music on in the background while you're trying to get, like, work done. Mm-hmm. And he put out, uh, it's just the instrumentals, but it's the beats for the, his project with with uh, Freddie Gibbs. It's called, so the, it's just, it's the title is just Bandana Beats. It's on, so it's I can on streaming ram over, services. So I can rhyme over Palmolive? Yeah, they're all there. Wonderful. Fantastic. So I just put that on in the background sometimes. It's perfect. Yeah, oh, we're going to talk about Freddie Gibbs in a second. <laughs> we will, we will. Um, so, did you like Eurostep? 
It's cool. It's cool. It, it, was, it? The, it was the. Okay. Yeah, it was cool. It's the that was the first record that where he announced uh, I'm doing it. Like he always mm. leaks a record from the studio. Oh, okay, um, that's become a thing. But yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Solid. Um. Next up, Allah Semi featuring Conway and Benny, produced by Derringer. I think it's fine. I, I I love them going back and forth, finishing each other's lines. Yeah. I do not need this beat whatsoever. The this beat, beat is, is really really boring. It's yeah, it's fine. No, nah, no thanks. But five hundred dollar ounces is ridiculous. It is, but it's not. Oh man, Alchemist smokes this beat. This beat is crazy, but all three of them have no idea what to do with this beat. I think I like Freddie on this because I like Freddie. There you go. There's, there's the difference. I've, I don't know. I don't know what Rock's doing, and Westside's okay on it, but he doesn't know what to do. He's not. Do, you know, he doesn't know what to do with it either. I think he was. I think he was like, "Yo, I'm on a record with Rock and Gibbs. I'm gonna get washed, so I'm just gonna do me as much as possible <laughs> and fall back." But it's like they. I don't know. I like. I like. I like Rock and Doses. Um, it's amazing that like he was the Flip Mode Squad guy, and now he's this. Um, I forgot that he was in Flip Mode Squad. Yeah. Yep. He's in. He's on uh, Anarchy. Yep. Round two thousand. <laughs> I think when Lord Have Mercy left, I think Rock replaced him. I want to say maybe. But yeah, now nah, this beat is crazy, and they have. The, I I just think they all fumbled the bag, mm. and I'm just I'm just not a fan of Gibbs. I'm just I'm not. I know that's why that's why Bandana does not work for you. Correct. Mm. Correct. The beats are really good, but I mean, like Palm Olive is just not fair. There's like, some beats. There's some beats on that project that are just beautiful. Yes, I agree. I agree. Push him. Even Killer Mike on the hook just makes Gibbs just. Ugh, I just need a bandana. Ugh, right, That's why I'm saying bandana beats. <laughs> um, next up is uh, Versace, produced by Jay Versace, who apparently is like some Vine. He was, first was on Vine, then he's YouTube. I think he's probably on TikTok now. Yes. Um, that's how you know I'm old. I'm like, who is this kid? Who um, is this kid, Jay? Right. Yeah, yeah, he goes viral all the time. So I know, I know you love this. Oh. <sighs> Top three West Side Gun record. I don't even know if it's top three on the project, but you're crazy. <laughs> you are out of your mind. There are some there are some songs in this project that are ridiculous. Um, all I'm gonna say is that Clark Sisters are the move for 2020. That's all I'm saying. Oh, okay. We I mean all right. We got two. We have two. We have two. We do have two. <laughs> we do. Okay. I was like, do we have two? We do have two. We have two. Yep. 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 Already been there. Yes. Everybody else, yep, yep. stay away from this. <laughs> <laughs> trying to try give people to sample gospel records for the last yeah, took, 15 took years. Took me a little while. Took me a little while, you know. It's fine. <laughs> no, Versace, Versace is amazing. And I've already got a verse to it. Yeah, I, I wrote two verses to it. I wrote a verse to it and then scrapped it and wrote a whole other verse to it. So that will be that will be coming out very soon because, yeah, and I won't be alone on that. But that's another story. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, dope sample. West Side sounds good. This is, this is a really good. This is really good. I think there's stuff on here that is unbelievable. Like, but I think Versace's good. Okay. Uh, Clairborn Kick featuring Boldy James produced by Alchemist. Mm-hmm. Nah, I'm just saying it. Boldy smokes this record, but it takes too long to get to him. Why, why is Westside pitching his verse down? Yeah, I don't like that either. The beat's pretty minimal. Yeah. There's not much to it. Not much to it. Boldy's fine on it. He's good. Did we, did we review Price of the Tea in China? This project no, by Alchemist? No. Okay. I'm not a big Boldy James fan. Okay. I feel, cool. like, I feel like he gets beats that maybe should go to other people. <laughs> that is the Alchemist. Right. Alchemist was given the infamous mob like, like, what are you doing? <laughs> Man, that infamous mob project. Woo! Like, why are you giving him this? I know. Um, 
Sean versus Flair, produced by my man, your man, DJ Premier. Nah, mm, I get why he did it. It's a primo of course. record. It's a fl- absolutely. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Right. And what are you gonna say? I mean, I would be like, could you go more like '98 primo? You would. <laughs> and then he would never talk to me again. You you nudge him out the way, <laughs> bust out the sample trying and be like, I know what I could add to this. I'd be like, get it. Listen, let me show you how it's done. Pardon me, Primo. I've been doing this for a while now. <laughs> um, yeah, no, nah, I, I don't need this at all. Yeah. This is on here because it's produced by DJ Premier. That's it. Absolutely. Party with Pop Smoke featuring Keisha Plum, produced by your man, Tyler. I don't need this either. This beat is bonkers. Eh, nah, I don't like this beat. You don't like this beat? Mm-mm. This beat is better than Versace. No, it's not. Yes. <laughs> not at all. Party with Pop um, Smoke is ridiculous. I think Westside is fine on it. I don't I don't need Keisha Plum on this, but the beat is crazy. Yeah, some yeah, somebody hit me in my DMs, a listener to the show said that, and she jumped in our DMs like <laughs> Why didn't you need me on this song? <laughs> yeah, hey y'all, y'all gotta if y'all gonna talk about these artists and you don't want them to search their names, because listen, most artists search their names. Right. Uh you might want to spell their names wrong. <laughs> Uh, but that beat is crazy. Hmm. Yeah. You're not a fan. All right. How am I supposed to pronounce this last song? Uh, Ho- Holiba? Joliba? Let's go with Le, Le-, 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 Le- Joliba. There we go. There my, go. Wife who, my wife who took like three years of, of French is probably screaming Let's downstairs. Bring, bring her in. <laughs> um, featuring Cartier Williams. Um, yo, this beat. Sample is nuts. I, this is the best beat I've heard all year. For starters. Like. Apparently, this is a Stevie Wonder sample. I need to track this down immediately. Somebody could tell me what song this is from. I need it. Um, it's not on what's called yet? No. Nah, who sample does not have it? Hmm. Um, this is like, we could talk about the Tam Jetsing in a second, but I just need to explain. Like, if y'all have not heard this project, and if what we've been saying has not intrigued you, I, if you trust our opinion at all, literally hit pause on this podcast and go listen to this beat. This beat stopped me cold. I couldn't believe it. This beat is crazy. You- if you want people to do that, then they also have to listen to Versace too. Go ahead. This is way better than Versace. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's great, but it's not it's, better than Versace. It's un uh, Whoever Bohemia Lynch is, my goodness. Um, crazy. Um, how do you so you think it's dope, obviously. What, the project? No, this this song. Oh yeah, yeah. This song's dope. How do you yeah, feel yeah. about the tap dancer? Um it's a flex. I don't need it. I don't need it, but I don't care either. Like I'm not like why did he do this? I'm like, right. all right, sure. It's, it's a it's a it's a West Side Gun thing, right? It's it's an interesting way to go about it, and ha- it's an interesting kind of image to have with your fans, where it's almost like the more ridiculous it is, the more they love it. I mean, but is this ridiculous? I wouldn't call it ridiculous. It, the more you flex, how about that? Okay, all right, sure, sure. It's like let me try this artsy thing. I mean, I think he looks at him because when he did when he went to Paris, the story is is when he went to Paris, he linked up with Virgil. And then Virgil at his, I think he's doing Paris Fashion Week, is playing nothing but West Side Gun records like during his fashion show. And he's got tap dancers, tap dancing to West Side Gun records like in Off-White while the models are walking around the tap dancers. West Side hears this and says, I need this on, on wax, as the old heads say. I get it. Sure. I ain't mad at it. I don't, I don't need it either, but I don't, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it at all. But yeah, that beat is ridiculous. Um, yep. So overall, how'd you feel about it? 
it's exactly what I expected. I got exactly what I wanted. Um, I'm content. I do think that Hitler wears Hermes Seven is better. Mm. Um, has higher highs, but I'm I'm good with this. I like it. I'm good. I'm good. Wes Wes is one of my favorite artists right now, um, and he he gave me exactly what I wanted. So thanks, appreciate it. What about you? Um, I think there are some incredible highs here. I think like most Griselda projects, there's like three to five songs that I would pick out and be like, yep. And the rest, I'm like, it's cool. It's It ranges from it's good to it's cool, but re- they are very reliable in terms of, what's that gun in particular is very reliable in terms of, there's a handful of songs in here that you're going to love. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, you know, the old part of my brain still wants to go, yeah, but if you like bundled all, like your best stuff over the course of a year into a project, you'd have like classics. But that's not yeah, how they approach it. That's not the world we live in. I we, get that. We just had a conversation about I know. catalog. That's what I mean. Yeah. I get that. I under like it's one thing where like my brain understands that, but my heart does not. You know what I mean? Sure. Like we just grew up wanting a certain kind of thing, you know? And here I was last week telling you, like, just get it out there. Yeah. Um yep. but uh but yeah, I uh there's stuff on here that's crazy. I mean at some point I, I need to whether I like find someone who does it or I put it together myself, I just need to go through like listen to all the projects that are on streaming services, cherry pick out and just start keeping track of like a, like a best of Griselda mix from that, you know, and I would come back. To, I feel like I would listen to them a lot more if I had that. Anytime I travel, I have a Griselda playlist yeah. that I just run through. You go, you're it's literally all I listen to the last, maybe three, three or four times I've traveled. You, all I listen to is Griselda. You're, you're looking, you're looking the TSA agent in the eye and all you hear is coming out of your, yep. yeah. Okay. Pretty much. <laughs> do, 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 do. Yep. Pretty much. Sure do. We hope you enjoyed Side A of this week's episode. Please check out Side B at clockradiospeakers.com.